This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I have a theory that socks that get lost in the laundry get reincarnated as Tupperware lids that don't fit any containers. <laughs> sitting or across hangers. <laughs> yeah, sitting across the virtual table from me is John Irons. How are you, sir? I am sitting across the virtual table from you. And he is, in fact, just inches from a Diet Mountain Dew. Actually, it's a regular Mountain Dew tonight. Damn it, Sean. <laughs> miracle. They were, on, they were out of diet. So the one, really, the one time you couldn't just let it fly. <laughs> Whatever, man. And Rick is here as well. How are you, sir? I am present. How's it going? I don't and... have anything clever. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I'm slacking tonight. Joining us from the Quantum Leap podcast, we have Chris. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me back. And we have Jen. How are you? Doing great, though. I'm not a fan of Mountain Dew. I know. I'm I'm a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first and foremost, we have a little bit of a sad thing to talk about. We lost Dean Stockwell this week. Uh, of course, most of us probably remember Dean mainly from Quantum Leap because he, he played Al. But he was an actor for over 70 years, uh, starting as a child actor. He acted in things like Anchors Away and The Green Years. Uh, later on, he was in films like Blue Velvet, Air Force One. He was nominated for an Oscar in uh, for Married to the Mob. Uh, he had roles in JAG, Battlestar Galactica. He had guest roles on Star Trek Enterprise, NCIS New Orleans. But he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been around for a long time, and he died of natural causes. He had a stroke a few years ago and announced that he was officially retiring from um, from acting, and his health has kind of declined since then. But he he passed this week. And uh, since um, uh, Chris is here tonight, and he's, he's talked about Dean for a lot over mm-hmm. the years, I thought we would just uh, take a few minutes and, and pay our respects to, to him. So... Uh, you guys have anything you want to say about Dean Stockwell, Chris? 
Well, I mean, it hit the fan community pretty hard, even though we all knew it was coming for a long time. Um, Just some background. I really only know Dean primarily through Quantum Leap. Um, I know that I've seen him in a million things, but he never really stood out to me until I got to love him as Al. Mm -hmm. And now I look at a lot of stuff and I say, oh, geez, I've seen Stockwell. And um, I have my own, you know, my personal copy of, of my Quantum Leap book. I have it signed by Scott Bakula, who played Sam, Tom Belisario, who created the show, Deborah Pratt, who was like the head writer and executive executive producer for Quantum Leap. Um, and I was just I had one spot reserved for Dean to sign it. And I knew it was never going to happen uh, about, I guess, five years ago. He was scheduled to be at um, something that's here on the East Coast called the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Con which is fairly close to my house. And I was willing to travel there um, to see Dean because he was the last of the big four. And a few weeks before um, the scheduled appearance, he bowed out. And the, I guess the official line from his people then was that Dean um, has nothing but fond fondness for his time on quantum leap but he really has no specific memories to share which told me that okay he is probably never going to make a personal appearance ever again and sure enough he hadn't i mean he was retired anyway he was up in the mountains somewhere out in in the you know in in the west doing art the last, as far as i know the last public appearance that dean made was at the leap back 09 um convention which was like the 20th anniversary the 25th anniversary i'm not sure i was i was a guest there an author guest it was in la and they had dean by phone and um Mm. you know it was fun because they had don and scott on stage talking to dean on the phone and um it, it was a hoot it was nice to hear all of them together you know there was a genuine affection there a genuine camaraderie and i'm just glad that i got to hear him do that yeah but uh, yeah, um, you know, I, a lot of the fans, we have not had this kind of response on our Facebook page um, in my experience. I mean, Dean, it's, it's like one of the legends is gone. So Yeah, well, I mean, there's only really two main actors from the show. So mm. it's, it's, it's Scott and Dean. So half of the half of the cast is gone. So I, I've been a Quantum Leap fan longer than i've been a star trek fan because i didn't become a star trek fan until tng's like third or fourth season and um i was a quantum leap fan from 89 you know Hmm. so hearing that somebody that you've spent hundreds of hours watching on television has uh passed away you know that leaves that that leaves an empty feeling and i just i heard um I listened to Scott Bakula on a podcast probably about a month ago. He was on Bob Saget's podcast. And it was back when, because this is the episode of the podcast where all that, all those rumors came from that they're working on a reboot of Quantum mm-hmm. Leap and blah, 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 blah. But um, at, at some point in the interview, Bob Saget asks him, so do you think that you guys, you think the original two guys would come back and do a, and that would be Quantum Leap and, Scott just said, I mean, he, he said, uh, I don't know, you know, the, the, it's hard to tell what will happen in the future, but you could hear in his voice. It's like, no, not Dean's Dean's not coming back. 
<laughs> to do a regular series again. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've only seen like a handful of quantum leap episodes, but uh, you know, aside from the fact that my first introduction to Dean Stockwell was as Dr. Yui in Lynch's Dune, um, which for all of its horribleness, the one thing that Lynch did perfectly was the casting. And I have trouble seeing anyone other than Dean Stockwell playing Yui. Uh, you know, even in the new in the new movie, as much as I loved it, none of the faces were right <laughs> because <laughs> Lynch's Dune was so perfectly cast, even though it was so horribly written. Um, but uh, you know, I also remember the Enterprise episode where you know they made a big deal of, and you know, and well, they should. They made a big deal of Stockwell coming in, and it was the first time that. Bacula and Stockwell had been on screen together in you know 20 years or something like that whatever it was um and it and it was it was nice because I I I don't remember much about the episode you know what the plot was or anything but I remember that they didn't do anything schmaltzy with it no they were just both in the episode and they didn't you know there was no oh boy or any you know wink to the camera or anything like that it was just two actors doing their jobs and doing it really well uh but it was great to see the two of them on the same screen again. Um, you know, Stockwell was, and I loved him in Galactica. He was one of my favorite characters in the BSG reboot. Uh, especially when, you know, <laughs> um, there was this one monologue he gave where, where all of the, the final five were, were talking and griping and he's like i want to be a robot i want to be able to breathe in space and walk around on the surface of venus i don't know what the hell's wrong with you guys but i like being artificial and it was you know it was a great monologue it was one of the 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 best things i'd ever heard he played the curmudgeon so well uh and 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 it was brilliant you know we should all live to 85 so you know good on him for making you know you know, a lot of times when you hear about a star passes away in their 60s or even early 70s, and you're like, oh, well, they had so much more, you know, 85 is a good run. So good on him. Uh, I hope he had a good life. I hope he didn't suffer too much at the end. My my heart goes out to all of y'all who are feeling this loss because as a, as a, you know, Star Trek fan since I was eight, at least, um, I know the feeling. I know what y'all are going through. And it's, it, it can be very confusing when you are, deeply saddened by the loss of somebody you never met yeah mm-hmm. um you know yeah i mean I've, we all felt it when carrie fisher passed we all felt it when mm-hmm. leonard nimoy passed and it's something we'll i mean we'll we'll feel it you know william shatner just hit 90 i'm sure he's only got a couple years left but you know we'll, we'll yeah, feel he's it gonna outlive all of us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> head in a jar <laughs> there, there's still people he hasn't pissed off yet so <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. First thing I ever saw him in was Dune. And then I saw him in Blue Velvet. And then I saw him in Married to the Mob. <laughs> I mean, he had a, a tendency to play smaller parts. Uh, Married to the Mob was really, it was one of the first like bigger parts of you. And he, and we, he got an Oscar nod for it. Um, and then, of course, he was in Quantum Leap, which, which is what most people know him from. And um that he made it iconic and he just worked off of Bacula so well. They were like a comedy team mm-hmm. all the time. And it was so great, especially since Dean was using, you know, his, 
his iconic accent, you know, all the time. And just the way that they played off each other, it was like they were best friends. You could tell that on screen and off screen, they were very close uh, over the course of the show. And then, of course, they had two, you know, reuniting things with Enterprise and then New Orleans later. Um, But if you actually look, at his IMDb, he was in a lot of stuff that I forgot. I mean, I forgot he was in Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just saw it. I watched uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Three uh, a couple months ago. He pops up in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then I also remember him from BSG uh, playing, of course, one of the Cylons, and he had one of the dopest deaths in the. Sh- remember he died in the very last episode and i remember my husband and i were watching because we watched it when it first aired and he my husband just looked at me when it went to commercial break he's like that was the act of a coward i'm like yep (laughs) but it's so in character for his character um i'm not going to go any more detail because you know yeah yeah it's a 10 year old show but yeah i mean he's he's iconic um and if you ever look up his IMDb and look up any of his other roles like I said he was in a lot of smaller parts but that's just I think that's how just how he wanted it uh but he's got a very very vast filmography to check out well he was a child actor in like the 30s he was Mm -hmm. part of the old studio system and when the first time I saw him and I was surprised um my wife and I are huge fans of the Thin Man movies with uh with uh William Powell William Powell and Myrna Loy, uh, the Nick and Nora mysteries. And they have a kid in the later uh, movies and playing their son in one of the movies. I said, that is Dean Stockwell. And sure enough, I, I couldn't believe it, but that's really like, if I had gotten to meet Dean and, you know, really ask him like one or two questions, it wouldn't have been about quantum leap. I want to know what was it like to be on set with William Powell and Myrna Loy? I mean, screen legends, you know, but that's how far back his resume goes. And mm-hmm. he drifted in and out of acting um, in his adult life, uh, just depending. I read an article recently about his passing where he left to get like his real estate license and he was going to move away. And Dennis Hopper encouraged him to come back and you know just try to work some more and i think that's when he got the role in blue velvet mm-hmm. and it sort of rekindled his career um to a large extent he had you know much more steady work after that from what i can tell but you know the life of a, the life of an actor is tough and i feel like um dean and uh, one of his best friends roddy mcdowell it, oh, wow. They were both childhood actors that experienced the ups and the downs of, of the industry, but eventually, you know, came out on not, if not on top, at least as working actors that were well-respected. Yes. And um, I think that Dean leaves an amazing legacy behind. I mean, he's in a lot of shit movies. Um, we just did a bonus episode about um, one called werewolf of Washington. That was oh, gosh, almost unwashable. That. Yeah. But <laughs> paycheck <laughs> you know through that all it, it could be a shitty movie but dean was always dean mm. right and he was just he was there doing his job and you know making the best of whatever material he got and when he got great material boy he could make it shine oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
you know, Lawrence Olivier was in Clash of the Titans. So <laughs> I love that movie. You mean Harry House in the Clash of the Titans? Hey, yeah. If Orson Welles can be in a Transformers movie, anything's possible. Okay? <laughs> oh, I, I love Clash of the Titans, but I have no illusions that it's a good movie. <laughs> It's better than the remake. Hello. <laughs> I didn't say that. Another uh, another bit of news as we're recording this, we had uh, Disney Plus Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Disney Plus celebrated the second anniversary of their launch. And they released a few things. Uh, most notably, Shang-Chi was released on the platform. Uh, we're going to try to watch it tomorrow. A few yeah. trailers and announcements came down the pike. They, uh, I, I, I just wrote down some of the announcements. I didn't write down a whole lot of details. Uh, they're coming out with X-Men 97, the animated series. So they're basically bringing new episodes of the old animated series from 97. So the the 90s version of the X-Men, they're writing new stories for that. Uh, I'm excited to see that. It looks like they're releasing, what, three or 400 new shows in the next year? (laughs) Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight, which, I mean, the trailer, I think a a trailer for that's been out for a while, but... um, uh, also, She-Hulk, Miss uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Marvel, uh, What If season two, Echo. I don't. I'm not sure what Echo is. John, you know what that is? It involves bunny men. I'm pretty sure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> one of us. Got I don't it. know what it is, but I can say confidently, <laughs> there's no bunny men involved. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Spider-Man freshman year. Uh, there's an I am Groot tv series that's all about <laughs> it's all about groups singing the hits also not true <laughs> uh iron which is kind uh, a kind of kind of the new iron man it's not really the new iron man it's a it's a whole new hero but that takes some of their tech from what tony stark had done with iron man so it's um, not similar to Iron Fist. No, or, no, no. Uh, this is this is we get Iron Foot else. at some point. Or, uh... <laughs> uh, Agatha House of Harkness. Uh, not a whole lot of details as to whether that's going to be a prequel or a sequel. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a little bit of both. It's going to be. Is that a live action or animated? Live, live action. action. Live action. House of, House of what? House of Harkness. You know Agatha Harkness from the One Division show. Yep. Her. No, I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry. Uh, this one Rick's probably excited for Marvel Zombies. Oh goody. Yeah, I can't wait to not watch that over and over again. <laughs> well, zombies, you know who who engineered the zombies with section 31, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> um, Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson. That's gonna be a live action series. I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. Um Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, got, I heard about that. Got a little bit of a behind the scenes look at that. That uh, is is Ewan McGregor playing Obi Wan. Yes, mm-hmm. and Hayden Christensen is going to oh, make an appearance. Hey, he's not a bad actor. It was a bad script. Come on, <laughs> sand. <laughs> I hate sand. Uh, I hate sand. I, I too much of that. People really give him like he's not wrong. About- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets everywhere. You know? It does. Very annoying. <laughs> Uh, they're making a, a Cars TV series. Uh, they're making a Baymax TV series, and um, Willow, Willow TV. Yeah, series. I, I, yeah, I heard about the Willow one. Yeah, I thought that was. Oh, it's a series. I thought it was. It's going to be a movie. series, oh, yeah. and Warwick Davis will be in it. Yeah, that's right. He's he's the village magician now, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, 
Can I ask, has the Hawkeye series premiered yet? Is that no, it's later this month. Yeah, because that trailer is next week. That's almost enough to make me try to get Disney Plus. I just I I loved everything in that trailer. And I just looked it up. Echo will be a spinoff of Hawkeye. So there you go. If you (laughs) sign up, which I mean, if you're listening to this, it's already happened. But if you sign up for Disney Plus this weekend, it's a dollar ninety nine for your first month. Yeah, but when does Hawkeye premiere? Next this, week. this month, yeah, like oh, okay. in a week or two, yeah. Gotcha. So. I heard the nineteenth, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I just I'm a Jeremy Jeremy Renner fan, so I think that that's probably why I like Hawkeye so much. See, if you just listen to that Star Trek podcast where Chris and I were agreeing on almost everything, I told you we were heading for a fight, Rick. <laughs> I told you that the bottom was. I have drop no, out I have absolutely anytime. nothing against Jeremy Renner. I've seen him in a lot of stuff that I really like. I don't know that I've ever said this, all of said the this sentence. I'm a Jeremy uh, Renner fan. Well, that's that's Hawkeye in general. That's not his fault. I like Hawkeye. I like. I, I don't think Jeremy, Jeremy Jeremy Renner did a bad job. I just find the character so utterly dull. Because <laughs> he's no, one of look, my he's standing next to a freaking god. I mean, exactly. I mean, they <laughs> haven't not, really had him do enough for me to make a judgment as to whether or not he's boring so far i mean he's been he's been a, a supporting role 20 for, freaking movies and he's totally unremarkable what else do you been want? In he hasn't been in 20 movies <laughs> Marvel and there have been 32 movies. movies thank you <laughs> he's been in like six or seven all right so our topic tonight is the biggest miscasts in tv and film so these are our picks for the times when a movie or a TV show just picked the wrong person to play a part. And it doesn't always ruin the movie, you know, especially if the miscast character is like a supporting character. But sometimes, especially if it's a main role, a good idea and a good script can be ruined by casting the wrong person for the role. So can I just say, before we go into this, just a, a little bit of background. I was doing a Google search for this because I knew I had tons of these, but I couldn't remember any of them offhand. And so I was just, I was just Google searching for, you know, top 10 most miscast parts and stuff. And it became very clear that the majority of people don't understand what that means. Because a lot of times it was just, this person sucked in this role. And I'm like, yeah, but they weren't wrong for it. They just did a bad job. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it was uh, my list of people is people who just should never have been cast in that role to begin with, regardless of their ability to, to play it. Yeah. I'll go first. Um, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson slash Robin <laughs> in Batman Forever and Batman okay. and Robin. So Chris O'Donnell is not a bad actor. Um, he was too old to play the part. Dick Grayson came to live with Bruce in the comics, he was a child. He was like 14. Yeah, he was like, well, no, he was even younger than that. He was like, uh, it was like 10. Yeah. yeah, he was, he was, he was really young. He was a the, fetus. By the time he became Robin, <laughs> he was a young teenager, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, for some reason, they decided to have Bruce Wayne, played by Val Kilmer, become the guardian of a grown man who was only 10 years younger than he was. <laughs> so, O'Donnell was 24 when this movie came out. He he could have taken care of himself. He didn't need somebody <laughs> to take care of him. You know, so yeah, I, I like I said, Chris O'Donnell's not a bad actor. He's been in a lot of stuff that I like, but 
they needed a kid. They should have been a kid in this mm. role. If they were going to bring Robin in, it should have been a kid. Okay, not wrong. Okay, yeah. and then and then of course that was also yeah. the advent of the bat nipples. So I mean that was not the worst crime of that. Film. <laughs> that was Joel Schumacher's fault. But anyway, okay. Uh, first one I have. Uh, it's actually a twofer. Uh, have all y'all seen Valerian and the, and the City of Planets or whatever it's called? That big turned it off one? after forty five minutes. The, okay, the two leads in that were so miscast, which was Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne. They because I've actually read the comics that they're based on. Um, they, I mean, they got these two. Well, first off, the, the two actors had no chemistry whatsoever with each other, and they were supposed to be love interests. And uh, really, I thought they were siblings. That's no, he that's was flirting with her the whole movie. movie. No, no. <laughs> she it was is... a different kind of inappropriate relationship between a superior and the. Yeah, she has no no chemistry with, with anybody. Anything. <laughs> she's she's who, bad in everything I've ever seen her. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen her in quite a bit. That I mean, even in I mean, Carol she's Delavine, Delavine. Cara Cara Delavine. She was Enchantress in the suicide first Suicide, the first squad, suicide movie. squad movie. Yeah, her. Eh, she wasn't bad in that, but. Good. Nobody was good in that. Nobody was good in that. <laughs> well, no, well, Margot Robbie was for, uh, Margot Robbie was awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the two of them were severely miscast. I think uh, Dane DeHaan can be a good actor. I've actually seen him in some good stuff. He wasn't too great in the second Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man film either. But he's second he, of which series? Amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> he played Green Goblin in the second Amazing there's Spider-Man. There's been what, film. like five second Spider-Man movies? <laughs> three, <laughs> three. Hey, <sir>. anyway. <laughs> if you don't count the seventies one, three. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, they, the two of them, they should have had, they should have completely picked different actors for those parts. I'm not saying that. I mean. They weren't. They did all right with what they were given, but Cara Delevingne can't act her way out of a paper bag, in my opinion. And uh, Dane DeHaan can, but not in this role. <laughs> so I go. just found the whole movie to be. It, it, it's very you know, pretty when to I, look at. It, it, yeah, but when I I remember exactly when I gave up. It was there was they were like getting on a submarine or something, and and they opened the hatch rip came up out of the water and, and it made a champagne cork popping noise. Well, and that was like the last comedy. Straw. But it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> it was just like, we're taking this seriously until we're not taking it seriously. And then I, and, and I was already on the edge and then that happened. I was like, I'm done with this stupid movie. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Chris, what about you? What do you got? All right, everybody, brace yourselves. It it, it became um, very apparent to me um, as you you gave this topic, Sean, and then I thought, well, how am I going to fill out this list? And then I realized that you have to have a preconceived notion of what a character should be. So then it became very easy because I think almost everything we talk about tonight is going to be an adaptation or a reboot of something because that's the only way that you can say that someone in my opinion was quote miscast i guess you brought up a good point with um with robin though um but 
my first choice, and I will die on this hill, Zachary Quinto was completely miscast as Spock. Did not enjoy his take on the character at Mm. all. Think it is the weakest part of the Kelvin verse. And um, I really, I, I, if I never see him in the role again, uh, you know, and I thought at first that it could be, um, I just love Nimoy so much in the role. But then when they introduced Spock on Discovery, I really enjoyed that portrayal and that interpretation of the character. So it's got to be Quinto. And I've said this before. You've probably heard me say this. There's just something about maybe the structure of his face or he just looks perpetually angry. I don't he looks, like him. He looks like Spock just like something face. bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about the way, like the physicality he brings to the role is all wrong. And it just, it, I can never get over it. It takes me out of it every time I see him. Do you associate him too much with, uh, was it Siler from Heroes? No, because I wasn't really a Heroes fan. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and I saw him in American Horror Story. I thought it was great in American Horror Story. Oh, he was wonderful. It's not an anti-Quinto thing. I think he's a fine actor. I think he's, I just think he is just the worst choice for Spock. And I know I'm in a, you know, complete minority there. Yeah, because I, because I mean, I think that out of all the characters that they cast in that first movie, I thought that he was the one that they got the most right. But <laughs> and I, you know I, uh, I I I certainly can respect your opinion because um, I with but that but that you know again just sort of coming from the opposite direction the only thing I liked about the JJ movies was the casting <laughs> the 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 actors did a you know I I thought they really brought the characters to life and I didn't expect to like Quinto. I didn't want to like Quinto. I didn't want anyone else playing Spock. Kirk, I was less precious about, I guess, because, you know, Shatner has really worked hard over the last 50 years to kind of tarnish that a little bit. Um, Whereas Nimoy was always just wonderful. Uh, But I, you know, I, I found I didn't have a problem with, with Quinto, but you know, I love Ethan Peck as Spock. Right. I think mm-hmm. he he much more embodies the vibe that yeah. that, that Nimoy built. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't mind Quinto as Spock. So I think that's, you know, it's it's a level of degree. Um, you know, before Peck, I was like, all right, yeah, he did a pretty good job. But then, you know, Ethan Peck came up and do, and just was like, I am Spock mm-hmm. and just nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Rick, what what have you got? I'm kind of debating what I want to lead off with, but I think I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to swing for the, for the fence right off the bat. And I'm going to say that Kevin Costner as Robin Hood was the biggest mistake in cinematic history. That was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's easy to fall back on the fact that he didn't do an English accent when everyone else in the movie did, whether they were English or not. Um, <laughs> But it wasn't just that. He was just boring as Robin Hood. I, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was 99% of a great movie. I enjoyed every scene of that movie where Costner wasn't on the screen. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, I, 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 I read all the stories. He tried to do an English accent and it was just so bad that they finally just, the director or whoever it was, just finally said, all right, just don't do it. But like, there's, 
there's the one scene where we meet Christian Slater's character and he's up in a tree and Costner walks up to the bottom of the, the tree and he says, come boy, come down out of that tree or some, something along those lines. And it's like a dude from Brooklyn and no offense to to Brooklyn, but it's just, you know, or, or, or from, you know, Kansas or whatever. It was Robin of Kansas. It wasn't Robin of Loxley. And he didn't even try to adopt any sort of medieval mannerisms. He just sort of meandered his way through this movie where everybody else was acting circles around him. Um, and he didn't even look right for the part. No, so he didn't. It's, it's not even a matter of just he did a bad performance, like what I was saying before, where people were saying, you know, just because somebody sucked in a movie doesn't mean they were miscast. There was nothing right about Costner as Robin Hood. Well, the, the story goes that he did Prince of Thieves so he could get Dances of Wolves made. So and it was Dances a toss of While it was a pain, you know, I didn't get through the whole movie because it was just too goddamn bleak but he was perfect for that role yeah you know that was the kind of role he should yeah. be playing but there was Robin a compromise was not. <laughs> i know but that was the compromise with the studio is he had to do that movie so he could get dances with wolves made it doesn't help the fact i mean yeah alan rickman mary elizabeth mastrantonio freaking uh morgan freeman i loved that movie except when robin hood was on the screen and when your lead is the weak link in a movie you've got a problem Mm, fair enough yeah i don't know why they went all in on the kevin costner put all their eggs in kevin costner's basket because he was the big guy at the time he was i mean he just done field of dreams and he was riding high i mean yes but they see those are the types of movies that he's good in like he's in yellowstone right now and he is fantastic in that show Mm-hmm. and that's the thing he's not a bad actor no yeah. no not by a strip by a long shot but he was so wrong for robin hood yeah. and i mean crow russell crowe's robin hood was by far a worse movie but he was a better robin hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so is carrie elway's come on well carrie elway well of course <laughs> at least he has an english accent exactly <laughs> yeah. and a chafing dish <laughs> wrong movie but i know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> all right john what do you got Okay, so uh, I'm going to do like Rick. I'm going to set the context here. <laughs> uh, I kind of fundamentally disagree with the idea of their miscast, unless they're just a you know, universally bad actor. And I try not to even really adhere to that. Like, <clears throat> you might do a bad job or... You know, but that doesn't necessarily mean you were miscast. It just means you didn't do it right, or the role was poorly written or whatever. So there were already gonna be a lot of people on my list for they were miscast. It just means they didn't do it right or whatever. I like to I like to believe in the potential of any actor to meet the role. Uh that said, <laughs> uh I came up with three. Just three. Uh, first on the list was uh, Chris O'Donnell as Robin <laughs> because he should have been a child. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no there's no acting around that. You're 10 years too old for this role. Uh, second was uh, Kevin Costner as Robin Hood <laughs> because he should have pretended to be English. <laughs> if you can't, acting. <laughs> if you can't, then 
you don't get that role. That's I mean, that's what the role is. Uh, <laughs> so after I give this one, the rest of mine will just be kind of critiquing on yours if, you, <laughs> if, if there's anything for me to say. Uh, third, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, also Batman Forever as Two-Face. I actually agree yep. with that. Yep. <laughs> he... I don't even know necessarily that he was miscast because he could have been a good Two-Face, but he chose to act like the Joker. Exactly. For some mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. if, if, he, if he had done the growling, you know, half growling, half debonair Two-Face that I would have expected Two-Face to be, Tom Lee Jones is a decent choice for that role. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know... <laughs> Like everything else about that movie, they just they just kicked open the door and let everything flow, and it was way too much. Should have been Billy D. Williams. Should have been Billy D. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sure, but I don't. That doesn't mean that Tommy Lee Jones is miscast because somebody else could have been better. Like he, there's always somebody who could have been better. I think. Well, they established Billy D. as Harvey Dent in the first Batman movie. Oh, Mm -hmm. please. (laughs) Well, he was in one scene. Batman was. Well, which yeah. they changed a couple times before they got to Batman. Forever. Well, that was because uh, Michael Keaton left, not because My point. he wasn't brought back. <laughs> okay, but but that's say, why Billy D took the part was because he was told he would be allowed to play yeah, Two Face. I'm not arguing with anyone. That's, <laughs> that's not what the show is. <laughs> not the episode. Yes, could Billy D. Williams have been a great Two Face? Of course he could have. But does that mean Tommy Lee Williams would be a Tommy D. Tommy, Tommy D. Williams? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Williams. <laughs> That's how they should have done two It could have been two faces. Yeah. Tommy Lee on one side, Billy Dee on the other. That would have been amazing. That CGI, been awesome. man. That would have been. In, in 90s CG I'll, technology, I'll that would have been a trip and a half. That would have been fantastic. They just, shoot, they just shoot them from one side or the other. And they'll, oh. they'll have Billy Dee be the handsome half. Yeah. And Tommy Lee be the messed up half. That would have been great. I would watch a whole movie of just that. I, I so need, you yes. I don't need. Any other, I don't need <laughs> we need a petition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So I take it back. I guess Tommy Lee Jones is perfectly cast as half Two Face. Half Two Face. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I you're not wrong though. I was very disappointed because I love Billy or, or no, I love Tommy Lee Jones, but yeah, he was just unremarkable in that role. I, yeah. I don't even know that it was bad casting necessarily but it was bad casting for the role that they decided this should be yeah Tommy, like on paper Tommy Lee Jones is two-faced would be great yeah the Batman movies got into this thing uh starting with Batman Returns where they think every movie has to have two villains and you've already got Jim Carrey well, as the Riddler <laughs> that could have been the movie nightmare. right there but well you they were to, making it more like the old 60s tv show was the problem you have to cram two-face into it and uh yeah it just it, it didn't but that, work but that wasn't the problem the problem wasn't that two-face was there the problem or at least that wasn't an insurmountable problem that doesn't necessarily a problem the problem was that he wasn't acting like two-face and you already had a character who was acting like that. Like you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. There, it was the, the Riddler. They already had Jim Carrey in that movie. They didn't need Two Face as the Riddler. Mm-hmm. It, it was. Okay. Just, it didn't make any sense. Okay, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Plus, Two Face didn't kill Robin's parents. That was the Joker, and you already killed the Joker. So anyway, <laughs> um, all right, Vince Vaughn in Psycho. 
Yeah, that was on my list too. <laughs> and I've talked about the I've talked about this movie before, so I'm not going to take a long time. But uh, the idea of the whole movie, the whole idea of the movie was dumb anyway because it wasn't a remake. I don't have a problem with remakes. If you have a good idea of how you can bring something new to a story, then tell your story, you know, but when you take a, an original script and you just do a shot by shot refilming of the same movie, you know, it, it but it's way worse. So <laughs> I'm not, I, I think that um, Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates was a really bad idea i think that i like vince vaughn i'm a fan of vince vaughn i like stuff that he's in and he's done some serious roles that i've enjoyed seeing him in he did a film on uh for amazon called uh brawl in cell block 99 a few years ago that i really enjoyed where he played like this badass prison guy that a guy in prison that nobody could nobody could mess with you know and uh but he tried to bring like this aloofness to Norman Bates that didn't belong there. Anthony mm-hmm. Perkins could not have been more perfect for that role. And I even think Freddie Highmore did a good job as Norman Bates in the, in the base motel TV show. But Vince Vaughn was just, it was, it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea and it didn't work in my opinion, but the whole movie didn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only, the only, person that did a good job in that movie was William H. Macy and that's just because he does a good job in everything he's in <laughs> it, it should have been a 10 minute short just to show that it could be done and I, I you know I didn't see it uh, I have no desire to ever see it the fact that enough people with enough money were sold on this idea that doing a shot for shot remake of psycho was a good idea. Yeah. Just baffles me. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have had a problem with a remake of psycho. If you want to do like an updated version of psycho, that's fine. But I don't know why you would, because there's already enough slashers out there that, you know, but you're doing a shot by shot remake. You're not going to do it better than Hitchcock did. No, you know, exactly. So and it didn't, and it no. it tanked. It, it was awful. It tanked it was hard, <laughs> and everybody that lost movie money on that movie deserved to lose money on that movie. <laughs> All right, Jim, what's the next one on your list? Okay, I've got you beat, Rick, on worst casting. Okay, John Wayne. Oh damn it! As that Genghis was my Khan next... <laughs> <laughs> in the Conqueror, and actually, I had that as a tie. With Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's, Have because you they're both playing the Asian characters. Yeah, it's a bad movie, but I'm, oh, it's I'm, terrible. <laughs> yeah, but they're both playing. This is white men playing Asian characters. One was trying to be serious, and it came off as funny. The other one was trying to be funny, and it just came off as offensive. <laughs> but I had them as a tie. <laughs> My grandfather had a box set of John Wayne movies, and that was the only one in it that he wouldn't watch. <laughs> Uh, he, said he, didn't, he didn't want to watch John Wayne if it wasn't a Western. I mean, either a Western or a, a war movie. Yeah. But yeah, then he did The Conqueror for money, obviously. But well, no, well, no, it wasn't it wasn't even that. This was a passion project of his. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He, yeah, he wasn't cast in the Conqueror. He cast himself. They still it, miscast. Oh yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> 
folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, The Conqueror is a movie that John Wayne bankrolled and starred in. It's the life of Genghis Khan with John Wayne as in Khan. Yellow face. He was in yeah. yellow face for the movie, yeah. Um, and <laughs> what's even better, there, there, are, there are three things about this movie that are awesome. One, uh, by the way, it is one of the worst movies ever made, and I sat through the whole <laughs> damn thing. Um, it, it's worse than The Room. I'll, I'll say that right now. It's worse than The Room. Um, one, you've got John Wayne playing freaking Genghis Khan. Uh, two, his entire Mongol horde are all Mexican. Yep. <laughs> and three, they shot it in Nevada near where <laughs> all the nuclear testing was done. So a huge percentage of the cast died early from cancer Oh from God. radiation including poisoning. john wayne <laughs> <laughs> including his john cancer wayne, was yeah. from cigarettes well, yeah, yeah well, well it didn't help <laughs> god this movie was I, uh, when i i okay y'all know that i used to do medieval reenactment mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and when i lived in louisiana um one of one of the things about the 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 the, the society for creative anachronism is the name of the group the sca um is you know you 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 pick a character you pick a person you create a persona of someone who might have lived in the Middle Ages, you don't you don't say I was Charlemagne or something like that. You pick up you 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 research. It's a historical, uh, you know, reenactment, and so you've got people picking personas from all over Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and it's it's kind of weird the way people sort of congregate. Like in in Florida, there's a lot of people that that lean toward uh, uh, feudal Japan. And uh, so there's a lot of samurai characters and uh, samurai personas in, in Florida. Um, and in Louisiana, where we lived for three years, there are a lot of Mongols, a lot of people who gra- who gravitated towards the Mongol uh, personas. And that's where I heard about the Conqueror. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> and so uh, my friend Kevin, whose SCA name is Motan, and, uh, and he's got a, a Mongol persona, um, we sat down and watched the conqueror at his house and my God, is that movie awful? Um, Did he like it? No, no, he, he, (laughs) there was no, there was no pretending that this was a good movie at all. It was just like, you've got to see this train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I got, I'll give Wayne credit for things like, you know, he knew that he, he did his research and like knew that, that Genghis Khan's real name was Timogen and, and, uh, he was, so, uh, the, you know, his actual death is is a, a question historically, but, you know, one of the possible ways he was killed was he was poisoned by the, the woman he took as a wife who was actually someone that he captured from another tribe or something like that. And that's how, what they went with in the movie. But, oh my God, this movie is horrible. And all the more so because it takes itself so utterly seriously. I know, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, but yeah, but Mickey Rooney was also bad in Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's the only part of the Breakfast at Tiffany's I can't stand is his role in it. And I know it was done for laughs. And even Rooney himself is in later years said he regretted doing the part, but it's just so bad. It's just a caricature of, of a Japanese noisy. Oh, it was horribly offensive. With the buck teeth bad. and the glasses. The glasses yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything. And the really overdone accent. It was just awful and very miscast because they put a white actor in the park. Yeah. Yeah. 
thank you, Jan, for bringing. I, I, when I went through my list of uh, <laughs> why I only had three, I, <laughs> I meant to say this, but I forgot. But yes, I, I, I'm also. I'm not doing everyone who was cast in a role that they like, <laughs> like they weren't the right uh, race. Not a race or, or yeah, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. So no. no well, those two that. really stuck out to me. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong. That you're wrong. For it. I'm just saying I forgot to mention. That's why you know mm. Fisher Stevens. <laughs> Hello. I, mean, I, I thought of that too, but I felt isn't, like that was a whole that. a whole separate show. Right. Mm. Yeah. You could yeah. Do a whole, well, it's a like whole I, I didn't I didn't pick Mickey Rooney because I haven't seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. So okay. it was like that's when I that's, that's actually the point where I stopped watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, it's no, bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Well, it's like Christopher Lee is as uh, Charlie Chan and it's like or, or uh, no, not uh, um, Dr. Lou. Mm hmm. Uh, no, no Lou? but Peter Lou? Sellers yeah, Peter played Sellers a, as, a yeah. version of a. Yeah, there, there were so yeah. many. Yeah, there's a lot. Yellow face. Yeah. Yeah, and when I, when I yeah, you know, different color, insert color slash face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your, like yeah. there's yeah, all of those. But those two are really bad. I'm just saying. They are. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway. Chris, what about you? What's the next one on your list? I I don't know if this counts because this kind of subverts the expectation here. Um, how can you say someone is screamingly miscast as a character yet so? thoroughly nails it as to be the best part of the movie <laughs> i speak of none other than harvey keitel as judas iscariot in last temptation of christ oh, <laughs> oh yeah. wow yeah yeah well i agree i agree yeah i mean by all accounts you have judas with a brooklyn accent <laughs> talking to willem dafoe throughout an entire movie as judas iscariot it should be a howl it should be a scream well yeah and he nailed it it was going back, so good going back to what we were just talking about anybody in that movie that wasn't middle eastern <laughs> was miscast <laughs> anyway <laughs> but but yeah uh yeah I, i've seen that movie uh a few times and uh yeah harvey Keitel. he he but harvey Keitel is just one of those guys that he's he's mesmerizing to watch anyway i know but he always plays himself yeah well i mean he was basically <laughs> playing himself here he was, <laughs> he's just I'm Judas. <laughs> Until you said it, I didn't even recognize that he had the Brooklyn. But you're completely right. He was no, so good at that he role. Does. I didn't oh, even yeah. notice. I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. You're right. So, and what 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 made me think of it was you guys talking about Kevin Costner having a, a, a New York accent, I guess. I've never seen any Robin Hood movie More like besides a Kansas, the Disney one. Midwest accent. Yeah. So, but it just, it just struck me. I, it wasn't even on my list until you guys mentioned it. And then I said, oh, we, what on? Harvey Keitel is Judas. <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> this doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that movie until it had been out for several years because I live in the Bible Belt and none of the theaters would play it when it came out. <laughs> well, I, I can I've see never why. Seen it. I, I, I saw really, the, the Mel Gibson Jesus movie. No, 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 no. This no, is completely different. No, this is something completely different. And you, um, yeah. the movie's really good, and the book is really good too. Mm -hmm. They're both. They're both excellent. And you wouldn't think of Willem Dafoe playing Jesus, but he actually pulls it off. <laughs> I think Willem Dafoe could pull off a lot. D Dafoe could play just about anything. Uh, <laughs> have you ever I seen am, Shadow of the Vampire? Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I am, awesome I am movie. Willem Dafoe. Where can I put this? Willem Dafoe. 
has to be an exceptional actor. Otherwise, he would never be cast in anything. Well, I mean, I'm probably the only one of this panel who's seen Antichrist. Uh, Let me just say this. Oh, I saw it. Oh, you have seen it? Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) You're not wrong. He's one of the ugliest people on Earth. And yet... (laughs) So he was trying I'll to go he was, there. He was, he was I'll go around there. that, Rick. Mm. <laughs> I'm not into body shaming. I'm just saying. And not shaming. It's just he, he is not the traditional leading man type. Yeah. It, in a, in a business, a man a lot. in a business where being gorgeous is the is the norm. His talent outshines the fact that he's kind of scary looking. Same with, yeah. like John well, Malkovich is kind of similar. I mean, he's right, well, but he doesn't. It would be easy for him to just play weird looking guys, like for that to be the thing about mm-hmm. this character, for him to play, you know, killers and, and prosthetic monsters and all that. But he doesn't. He plays any role because he's that good of an actor. Yeah. 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 And Malkovich and Defoe in Shadow of the Vampire, which. Mm-hmm. And he takes all of his roles seriously because, I mean, he, he's going to put just as much effort into uh, The Last Temptation of Christ as he puts into Spider-Man or mm-hmm. Speed 2 Cruise Control, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Rick, what, what's next on your list? All right. Take, taking a page from Totally Wrong for the Role but Nailing It. Uh, and I... Uh, you know, over the years, I don't want to fall back on the term politically correct, but I have learned to despise certain aspects of this person. And yet I still love this movie, even though he was completely wrong for the lead. Sean Connery in the hunt for red October. I was waiting for somebody to mention that. Oh, well, I mean, he, yeah, he had his normal accent for the whole film. You know, even though he was playing a Russian. Yeah, I mean, I love The Hunt for Red October. I hate the fact that Connery was a wife beater. Um, And I have trouble reconciling those two. Um, But all of that aside, he didn't even try to be Russian. (laughs) Well, he spoke Russian for like the very first like But even then he spoke Russian with a freaking Scottish accent. (laughs) See, I can can headcanon stuff like that. Because because I've known people who have moved around, and so they have these weird blending of accents. I can't just I can't explain Midwest in ancient Egypt. Well, not <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry in in uh, in, uh, in Nottingham Forest. In Nottingham Forest. <laughs> well, I, I I I almost put Highlander on here because Connery was playing. A he, he was playing, he was playing an Egyptian, Egyptian pretending it's, to be an Egyptian. Egyptian. <laughs> he was an Egyptian. An Egyptian pretending to be a Spaniard. Spaniard. Speaking with a Scottish accent. <laughs> and old. then you had he a, a, then you I had can, a I Belgian can, I can pretending a lot to be a Scotsman. Yeah. Yeah. The, fact, <laughs> the fact that Kansas didn't exist in the time of Robert. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, anyway. I can't let that one go. But for I, I the think, most part, I can forgive uh if your character has an accent, you wouldn't expect them to have. And, and pro, you know, I, I freely admit that the hunt for October probably would not have been the hit. It was without Connery. Um, I, I have sent, you know, a- after the movie came out, I read the book and the book is amazing. Uh, the movie is one of the best adaptations of a book I've ever seen. Um, 
because it condenses a lot down. But, you know, really the movie rides on the backs of Connery and Baldwin uh, because they, they just, uh, they're at their a game in that, in that movie. It's, it's some of the best work either of them did, I think, Mm -hmm. but I just, you know, from a, from a a pragmatic standpoint, Connery was so wrong for that role. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My next one is uh, Johnny Depp and the Lone Ranger. Um, As Tonto. Yeah. As Tonto aside. Okay. Aside from all the people that crap on this movie, hot take, it's not, that bad of a movie uh but depp should never have been offered this role and he he surely should have never accepted it (laughs) he actually is part native american believe it or not but we all are (laughs) yeah yeah so am i (laughs) um i'm the whitest person you're ever gonna meet and i've got my i have a, a a great aunt not too far back who was like blackfoot indian so that doesn't I, I, really mean anything i can tell you i have zero native american <laughs> that you know of i know I, 23 and me tells me otherwise <laughs> <laughs> but there's enough horrible stereotyping already in the tonto character throughout history that casting a white guy to star in this update it was an update it was a chance for them to do it right. Mm-hmm. But because he had become so popular with the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, they wanted to bring some of that popularity over and try and use him to springboard this movie. And it didn't work. It didn't, the, the movie didn't do well. It is, and, in fact, the reason I never saw the movie. <laughs> that is yeah. the reason. I, 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 went to, I went to see the movie in the theater. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was funny, but that they could have found a native american actor that could have done just as well it's just nobody would have known who he was and that's the reason they wanted johnny depp so um never saw it never will no cultural whitewashing is never good it's like it's like the filmmakers have never seen an episode of saved by the bell (laughs) or hey dude i mean come on (laughs) so all right Mm -hmm. Okay, I've seen every episode of Saved by the Bell. I don't understand. What you don't is. remember the episode just, where Zach Zach shows up in class in full oh, Indian yeah, headdress yeah, yeah. and everything? Yeah, he did do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. They, at least they dealt with how offensive it was in the episode, so that was good. Okay. Uh, okay, so I got a more well-known part and a lesser-known part. So, which one you want? Whichever one you want to do. Okay. Go ahead and do them both. We'll just go around this one more time. Okay. Uh, the more well-known part. Uh, Russell Crowe as Javert in the Les Mis movie. Damn it. Did you see my list before you <laughs> <laughs> He, I mean, everybody else pretty much in the whole cast had sing- I mean, he does have singing chops. He actually is a rock man in his spare time. But he was absolutely... <laughs> He so is Stephen so, King, but well, yeah, yeah. so is Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> but he was the worst choice for Javert because Javert is always one of the better parts of the musical. Uh, I mean, every time I've seen it on stage, the person playing Javert gets a standing ovation. That's oh, that's how iconic the part is. He tried, but I think he was the weak link in that movie. To be fair. So, You're okay, being generous. <laughs> okay, the lesser known one. Um, 
I don't think anybody here except me has seen the Kenneth Branagh version of Murder in the Orient Express. Uh, Well, okay. It was. Yes, I saw it. I was disappointed in that uh, it had an amazing cast and Branagh did what he's been doing ever since. See, that's what I was, I was like, Kenneth Branagh as Pirro because he was not good. <laughs> well, and, and he also, did, did you see his Hamlet? Yes. He, it, it, it was terrible. Um, I didn't say it was good. I just said I saw it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, but, but the reason it was terrible was the same reason that I thought Murder on the Orient Express was disappointing. It really seems like everything after Branagh became big, Mm-hmm. before he became huge like his henry five is one of the best shakespeare movies ever made okay I, yeah, I agree um and uh dead again was wonderful um and he was even fun in the harry potter movies because he kind of backed off well he's only in he, one movie so he... well the, yeah that that one but when he is directing a film it really seems like he doesn't want anyone else to be better than him and Murder on the Orient Express has has this amazing cast that was utterly unused mm-hmm. and un, well underused, undershot, underperformed, underwritten because per, Poirot, Poirot, Poirot uh, yeah. <laughs> had to be front and center all the time. Yep, because it's Branagh. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's how I felt about his Hamlet in in Henry Henry the Fifth. Uh, King Henry is, and, and one of the things, and, and one of the reasons the movie works so well is Branagh really plays up to the fact that Henry is too young to be king mm-hmm. and he's unsure, but he's doing these things. He's, he's waging war against, he's declaring war against France because France is like, we've got this kid on the throne in England. Let's push it. Let's see if we can get, get stuff back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Henry's being, pulled left and right by his advisors and stuff. Uh, and there's this wonderful undercurrent of uncertainty that Branagh plays beautifully in Henry V. By the time he gets to Hamlet and, <laughs> and murdering on the Orient Express, it's exactly the opposite. You've got this character who's supposed to be unsure and uncertain and doubting, but there's this undercurrent of arrogance yep. that Branagh just yeah. is now that ruined the whole thing for me i yeah. sat through the whole four hours of hamlet he did the whole thing mm-hmm. he, you know it was ambitious as hell he was like i'm gonna you know every time someone does a shakespeare movie they cut the hell out of the you know the, the plays were five hours long um and they always edited it down to the palatable hour and a half two hours that that american audiences will sit through yeah. and brandon was like no i'm doing the whole show i'm doing the whole play and it even has an intermission in it like yep. two hours in, there's an intermission, so you can go take a leak. And as a theater teacher and a theater professional, I felt it was incumbent on me to go see the movie. And it's just awful. I mean, it's visually stunning, mm-hmm. but like Robin Williams is in the movie. And Robin Williams is one of the few people on earth who can extemporize Shakespearean dialogue. And it was so clear he was told to rein it in it looked like he had his hands tied to his sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so disappointing. And yeah, my, my, my wife and I went to see 
uh, Orient murder, the murder, murder on the Orient, Orient Express, Express yeah. in the movies. <clears throat> we were really looking forward to it. It was Daisy Ridley's one of her first big roles after Star Wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she was hardly in it. Everybody that was that was a huge name was hardly in it. Well, and there was, it was like all about Branna. people in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but it was, but you know, it was all about Branna, and it was yeah. like so disappointing. Yeah, my my biggest complaints were a Branna was too high on whatever he was on. I kept <laughs> I kept saying this movie is basically Kenneth Branagh and his mustache. Pretty much mm-hmm. walking around, figuring out all the clues before he's even found them. Yeah, um, it, it was not paced well. Uh, a lot of the other actors, of course, this was right after Johnny Depp had had his missteps with his marriage. So people were like, "Oh, good, Depp's barely in this, and he dies." Um, <laughs> and then it turns out it wasn't his fault after all. Yeah, she was beating him up. <laughs> well, yeah, she, I can't stand Amber Heard at all. She, she's yeah. a, big c word which i will not say here <laughs> anyway um but yeah it was just Branagh was i realized it was his film and he was directing it and it was a passion project of his but he was not Perot to me so there you go <laughs> and the thing is he could have been he is, he he been. is I know. so talented and he's so insecure about it and it's just, it's but, just yeah, i'm also i grew up on the masterpiece theater Perot. So to me, that he is Perot. Yeah, so. Perot should be a round Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, there's a, a um, there's a Cowboy Bebop featuring Perot. Sort well, of. different one, different one entirely. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's more. Or, or is Perot is awesome. Belgian. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to see if I can. Get, he's be- like, well, yeah, Perot is actually trick, Belgian. If I can trick Rick into yeah. watching. And I, I just- will watch it. I will watch it. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Well, the live action one comes out next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't watch that let, let us let us let us preview that before you jump into it Rick. We'll, yeah. we'll give it a seal of approval <laughs> next right. um since we're gonna go this is the last time around the horn uh i'm gonna go with one that is more personal to me another example of whitewashing but i don't know if a lot of people know this um but uh, you might or might not know one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book of all time, is a Wizard of Earthsea by mm-hmm. Ursula Le Guin. Mm. And um, they did a god-awful abortion of a miniseries on sci-fi a few I years watched back it. Yep. that cast Sean Ashmore as Ged. I know. Which, which was just the worst casting of Ged. First of all, Ged is, is basically Native American. They make a big point in the book to explain his complexion in the first chapter because his island th- that he lives on is invaded by um like pale blonde dudes Mm -hmm. and um they you know they they tell the contrast so in my mind ged was always like like native american looking um or at least Mm -hmm. you know swarthy and they got a guy whiter than me to play him (laughs) on the sci-fi show i couldn't believe it when i saw it aside from the fact that it was just a terrible adaptation it was just yeah they just did a shit job well that and the actress who played the african woman didn't look african at all. no i mean well they had um kristen croik as tenor i liked mm-hmm. that i thought that she could have been a good tenor if they had had good script yeah. i liked um was it was it danny glover as as ogian no i think i, I, no, I saw it was. once whenever it first aired yeah and i've never read the books so i didn't know that uh the character that sean Aston was playing was not 
the way he should have been. Yeah, and um, the also what also really disappointed me at that time was that it was sort of I, I don't want to say it was a golden age, but it was we were on a high because Lord of the Rings perfectly cast mm-hmm. Peter Jackson bringing Tolkien to life the way I always imagined it in my mind's eye when I was reading the books. Uh, Game of Thrones perfectly cast. You could not get better casting for the Stark family than you did mm. on that series. They looked exactly like they were supposed to. Okay. Then you get, okay, Earthseeds, sci-fi is going to be great. It's a whole, Don't get Harry Potters. Yeah, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I mean, so mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw all the movies. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody who was cast as their character did well. I just have no frame of reference from the book. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was Danny Glover. Okay. You're right. It was Danny Glover, right? Uh Yeah. I thought he was okay, Zojin. I mean, you can't go far wrong with Danny Glover. He's getting too old for this shit, but still, he he pulls it (laughs) off. But, but that, that's, that's a big one. I don't know that a lot of people. So I'm glad, Jen, that you um, are on board, on board with that. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And okay, I'm going to say just a couple here, just as honorable mentions Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. In my mind, Anakin always was Kyle McLaughlin. I don't know why. I just think that Kyle McLaughlin would, would have been a better looking Anakin. Speaking of Kyle McLaughlin, completely miscast as Paul Atreides in David Lynch's Dune. That was on my list. Um, <laughs> He's too old for one. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing. He was way too old. Paul was supposed to be a kid yeah, leading exactly. legions. That was the point. <laughs> And um, last but not least, uh, well, I have two more, but you guys won't. Walter Matthau completely miscast in every role in Plaza Suite, Neil Simon's Plaza Suite. <laughs> and um, the last, Michael Keaton as Batman. Thank you. 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 But he did. He pulled it off. I mean, he, he, did he pull was it off. great as Bruce Wayne. I never bought him as the Batman. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, going back to something we were talking about in the, a few minutes ago, did you guys know that Kenneth Brown uh, is going to play Porat again? Yes, but it, they keep delaying the film. Death on the Nile is supposed to yep. come out February of twenty. It's supposed to come out like two years ago. Well, like everything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fool, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, what you got? All right. Uh, thank you for for uh, hitting uh, Dune, uh, Chris. So I, I get that. I cross that one off. And and thank you for for uh, Les Mis, uh, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my last two, uh, I will just mention really quickly because I have gone on about this over and over again in many different podcasts. Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know what they were thinking. You know, Cumberbatch is the hot thing. Let's cast him as a Sikh. What? <laughs> um, well, I, mean, I originally had a Hispanic guy. As well, a Sikh. I, I, I know that, that Montalban <laughs> was not right for it either, but at least he was closer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's. Yeah. Um, y'all know I don't read comic books. That's mm-hmm. a well-established fact in all of my podcasts. Um, but there is one comic series that I did read and I loved, and that was Ghost Rider. Oh my gosh. I was waiting for this one too. <laughs> and then freaking Nicholas Cage, Cage, 40 plus year old Nicholas Cage. Oh, he was older than that. That's why I said plus. I couldn't remember the exact <laughs> age. 
plays Johnny Blaze. Come on. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, Blaze is supposed to be in his early 20s. <laughs> yes, and that was kind of the whole point is he was too young to know what idiotic things he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I goes right and and I I did watch the first one. I was like, "All right, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt." And oh man, it was awful. Um, you know, Cage can be good. Cage is also freaking insane watch not the beast <laughs> you know wa- watch the 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 documentary about superman lives oh, yeah, the yeah, dude yeah. is not all here <laughs> and i and i understand that the reason ghost rider got made was because cage it was you know it was his passion project always wanted to play it but he was 20 years too old for it by the time he had enough money and clout to make it happen um but it it was just it was just awful and and i mean the movie itself was bad but you know what you know seeing someone who's almost 50 obsessing over keeping their father alive it, it <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> so those those are all of mine <laughs> all right all right john you you you, you don't have any more um oh, man. <laughs> oh wait I, I left one off um <laughs> go ahead i was gonna make a joke never mind <laughs> i will I throw gonna... i'm gonna throw out a couple more because i decided it was the last round after i'd already gone um <laughs> sophia coppola and the godfather part three mm-hmm. i mean i love all the godfather films the third one's not as good as the other two but uh coppola she is a very talented filmmaker she is not a talented actress <laughs> and I'm glad she's not doing it anymore. Uh, and this was the first, maybe the only role where she was like, had a starring role, but um, it just, the, the lines did not feel right coming out of her mouth. <laughs> she just did. felt like she was in a different movie. Um, and then the last one, I think that's the last, this is the last. Yeah. The last one is, uh, Gary Oldman in a movie called Tiptoes from 2003. Oh gosh! Oh my god! I was I, you've seen that movie? Yeah. Oh my god! That's the only. I was like, everyone says Gary Oldman can play anything. He cannot play a little person. Yeah, he played a little person. <laughs> yeah. Talk about. I mean, it yeah, had a lot of actors. Person. It had a lot of actors <laughs> in it that were little people. I mean, Peter Dinklage was in it. Yeah. Uh, and and some others that you would probably recognize in, from other things or whatever. But this movie is supposed to be about ex- the acceptance of these people and overcoming the way people look at them is just like funny little people or whatever. That they, they, these are normal people. They're just small. But the but the, the fact that he's playing the part just completely. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's bad. They shouldn't have. They should not have got a normal size actor, especially. When there are a lot of actors out there that are good actors that are already little people, you right? Know? Well, this uh, is before Dinklage was big. That and if you like watch the trailer, movie roles. If you watch the trailer, the mo- the movie is bad anyway. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch the trailer, it's almost like you're watching a, a a parody of something. Yeah, it's like this is supposed to be some kind of a weird comedy or something like. No, it's supposed to be serious. But it's it's bad, yeah. Well, it's like Branna playing Doctor Lovely. I, I did not see the Wild Wild West movie for many reasons, but in in you know the Wild Wild West was one of my favorite 
shows growing Shame. up as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Loveless was a little person. And Branna playing Dr. Loveless as a double, double amputee was just insulting. Yeah, he's yeah. paraplegic. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That movie, that, there's a lot of problems. I, <laughs> I like Kevin Klein in it, but that's about it. Yeah. All right. So um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, you can continue with us over on our Patreon page by going to patreon.com slash infinite potato. Check us out and consider becoming a patron, uh, a patron, excuse me, a, becoming a patron. Uh, you get some cool perks like our monthly film commentaries. We've done the room. We've done Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, the people under the stairs. So come and check that out. And if you join at the $5 level and up, then you'll be listed as a producer. You'll be thanked on the show. Like Tom Corcoran, Dale Goodall, Brandon Ushio, uh, Bullet being on Jeff Hughes. Uh, but Jen, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me as always. Uh, Chris, would you let everybody know where they can find you? You can find me on the Quantum Leap Podcast, where I am a host. You can get us at quantumleappodcast.com or on your favorite podcatcher. Just type in Quantum Leap Podcast. All right. Rick, where can we find you, sir? You can find me trying to figure out why the hell my computer shut itself off in between these two shows tonight. Uh, Otherwise, just all over the network here. (laughs) All right. And John, where are you? Uh, I am uh, on various shows on the network. Um, Same same here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You can find me... um, if you, if you want to see me featured as opposed to uh, a supporting cast, uh, you can listen to Captain Game Show, the trivia wordplay podcast on the Infinite Potato Alliance Network. All right. Thank you all for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, just stay tuned and uh, we'll let you know how you can how you can do that in just a moment. Be sure to join us again next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, uh so guys just a quick update uh you might not know this rick is actually going out of town he's going camping so he may or may not be able to join us uh next week if he is not then i will be cast in the role of rick (laughs) (laughs) same hairline (laughs) can you say the f word that many times (laughs) oh i mean you've been on captain game show yeah (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Brought to you by infinitepotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.